Harris said he'd be at the cookbook party by 7 p.m., which gave me an hour to hang out with him there before I headed uptown to have dinner with another old friend and his family. The party was a bit out of the way, and I almost skipped it, but since I was only in my hometown, New York City, on rare occasions, I figured I might as well get out and see as many of the people I loved as I could. What had brought me here from Los Angeles was the chance to fill in for a month at the New York Bureau of the radio show where I was on staff as a reporter. I bolstered my energy for a busy evening of flitting around the city in hyper-social butterfly mode, a way of life I rarely indulged in anymore. The walk from the office on East 47th Street to the party on 66th Street filled me with wonder and made me wistful for this place I love so dearly. In early autumn, twilight in New York is magical. The sky glimmers and there's energy in the streets. You feel powerful, invincible, as if every gritty bit of the city is yours. I found myself doing a mental trick I hadn't done since I'd moved away, reciting the address of my destination while I walked as if it were the lyrics to a song. 234 East 66th Street, I sang to myself over and over again this September evening, the clunky tune mingling with the click-clack of my bright pink comfort high heels. Inevitably, after all that repetition, I would muck up the street number, and I did this time, too. But there was such a crowd in front of one particular gorgeous old brownstone, I didn't need to check the little slip of paper in my purse to know I'd arrived. Crazy Busy some swanky food magazine editor was debuting a new cookbook. Harris had long been a foodie, and in the last few years had broken into writing about all things gourmet. Good for him to be mingling in such well-fed company. Now it seemed I'd have to fight a dreaded crowd to find him. How could I be a city person and hate mob scenes? As I made my way to the front door, I took a look up the staircase. It was packed with a crush of people. In the thick of it, facing in my direction, was the most handsome man. He had a shock of brown hair and big brown eyes to match. I know it sounds ridiculous, but in that instant, the mob seemed to disappear. Much to my surprise and delight, I saw him looking right back, not just in my direction, but at me. Our eyes locked, and even from a distance, I could swear a sort of chemical reaction erupted between us. I'd read about these celebrated coupe de foudre, Thunderbolts, where people met and fell in love at first sight. I knew from experience that an instant attraction could be intoxicating and dangerous, as was the impulse to imagine that a momentary connection was something larger. But this thunderbolt felt different. This was a beautiful, instant intensity I'd never, ever experienced. Practical me prevailed. I had to find Harris. Time was tight. I peeled my eyes away from the handsome stranger and pushed through the thicket of people. After a series of wrong turns, I spotted him holding court in a corner of the room, smiling and gesturing as if he owned the place. Harris was so good at making people feel welcome, connected. Everybody clutched goblets of wine, no disposable plastic cups for this crowd. My friend did a round of introductions, and as he got to the end of the group, I was happily surprised to see the man from the staircase. Lisa, this is my friend Sebastian I've been telling you about, who I'm going to Asia with next week. You know, for that story I'm writing for Gourmet Magazine. And Sebastian, this is Lisa, my friend who works in public radio out in L.A. He was better looking now that I could see him up close. And there was a warmth about him, an easy friendliness. I felt a bit self-conscious and suddenly a little off-kilter in my pink shoes. Long ago, I'd been one of those kids who hid under her mother's armpit to avoid looking at strangers. Then I went into the news business. 
earning my living posing questions to people I didn't know had cured me of my innate shyness. Confidence was a good quality, one I was happy to have cultivated, especially now faced with this handsome man. Right at this instant, though, I found myself feeling unsure about how to proceed. I wanted to say something clever and prophetic, but I couldn't find the words. So I stuck out my hand, and he stuck out his, and we shook. Sebastian asked if I wanted a drink, and I said yes, and he said he'd get me one from upstairs, and I said I'd go with him, and there we were, presto, in our own conversational bubble.